Welcome to Economically Speaking, the information podcast designed to bring you the latest economic development news in the town and the surrounding area. Hosted by Babylon IDA CEO Tom Dolan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Economically Speaking, the information podcast. I'm your host, Tom Dolan. Today, we are talking trash. And we're taking a look at waste and recycling here on Long Island. And uh, here to help us tackle this subject is Will Flower. Uh, Will is the Senior Vice President at uh, Winter Brothers Recycling of Long Island. Welcome, Will. Yeah, Tom, thanks so much for for being here this morning. And I look forward to the conversation. Uh, That's awesome. I'm uh, so happy you stopped by. And uh, I got to tell you, a lot going on in the the world of trash today, right? Yeah, there really is. And and, and I tell you, it all, uh, it's an incredible subject because there's so much of it and and, uh, people don't realize how intricate it is once it leaves the curb. But there's a lot of things to talk about in terms of economic development and and, uh, the the, the different parts of managing waste. Absolutely. And uh, we'll get into that. But before we do, well, maybe you could just uh, give our listening audience Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, the company, Winter Brothers, and you know what you guys do here locally for us. Yeah. Well, Tom, as you said, uh, it, it is a, uh, a basic essential service that, that we provide. Winters Brothers is a uh, family company. Uh, it's it's uh, everybody who uh, has been involved in the company uh, is, is a Long Islander. We love Long Island. And... Uh, we've been doing this uh, as a as a family since uh, 1950, wow. and uh, so so companies that have been on Long Island for that long uh, must be doing something right. And and I'm I'm most excited uh, about the, the the growth of the company. And uh, uh, I, I've had the chance over my career to work for. Uh, governmental agencies as well as big companies. I worked for the Environmental Protection Agency. I've worked for the lo- world's largest waste management company uh, and some regional companies. Uh, but I got to tell you, working for a family company that, that's committed to Long Island is uh, is, is the absolute best. Uh, when when we partnered up with the Babylon IDA, we came. Uh, we, we we started off. We had about uh, 200, 250 employees. Uh, we're double that now, and that's only been a few short oh, years. So excellent. we love the partnership, and and really uh, um, love taking care of, of of Long Island. It really is our home. That's awesome, and uh, the commitment and the passion. <laughs> For trash and garbage and solid waste, but it's perfect. And, and a lot of that has to do also with the environment, which you guys play a tremendous role in, in helping us out. Uh, February of 23, your company put out a the first state of the uh, waste report. And uh, why was that important to the company to get that out? And what are the things that you were able to highlight in that report? Yeah. So the state of waste report that we, we published earlier this year, and we'll publish every year, uh, is really a focus uh, on the current state of waste. And, um, and, and again, people tend to put waste at the curb and they forget about it, but there's a lot behind the scenes that goes on. So we, we, we kind of wanted to highlight some of those things that we needed to make the waste management process, the recycling process better. Uh, so we, we, we said, here's the current state of waste. Uh, it all starts with each one of us, that is every listener to this podcast, uh, every person in Babylon, every person in, in Suffolk County, every person on Long Island, generating about five pounds of waste per day. Wow. And that starts to add up. 
So, so when you think about it, Long Island has about 2.8, 2.9 million people. That means we're generating about 14 and a half million pounds of waste wow. every single day. Yeah. So that means tomorrow, even on the weekends, even on holidays, we continue to, to, to generate a lot of waste. So there, 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 we, we, we wanted to describe the process on, on what happens to all of that waste because some of it is recycled, some of it is, 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 is processed and, and, and composted, some of it is converted into electricity. And, and we wanted to talk about how do we ensure that going forward, we're able to successfully manage that solid waste. Because you gotta, you gotta remember that uh, the, the generation of waste is really a byproduct of, of, of two things. Number one is population. The more people, the more waste. And number two is business formation. And quite frankly, Long Island has, 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 has a lot of businesses and, and it's actually a fairly strong economy and, and we're seeing businesses continue to grow. Sure. And as they do, they produce more waste as well. So we, we looked at the future and we said, there's certain things we need to do, some in the short term, some a little bit longer term, right. but there are things that have to be done today to ensure that waste continues to be managed in a cost-effective and environmentally sound manner. When you look at those things, what, what would you say is some of the biggest challenges? Yeah. Well, Tom, clearly the, the, the biggest challenge is that we, and, and I mean every single person on Long Island, produces too much trash. If there was one thing we could all do to manage or help manage this solid waste problem, it's to, to, to produce less waste. I'd love to see us go all the way to zero waste. And, and our business has changed. Everything about this business has, has changed. It's evolved and it, it will continue to evolve. Uh, so when we, you know, I, I look at waste management 30 years ago and it was really just pick it up, throw it in a truck and then take it to a, a dump site someplace. Right, right. That's evolved to the point now where it still gets collected from the curb but there's a process involved in which we try to recycle waste, we try to uh, remove as much material as we can from the waste stream before it's either buried or burned and disposed of. And, and we have to see more of that. So I, I think the purpose of the report and, and looking into the future, um, there, there's not one single, single silver bullet solution. There's this holistic approach where there's lots of solutions. Some are uh, regulatory solutions, some are legislative solutions, some are, are policy and operational changes that can be made. Um, and, and some of them are revolutionary mm -hmm. uh, and, and some are evolutionary. They'll take a little bit of time to, 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 to get here. Um, that's a very interesting concept. And you even brought up prior to us coming on uh, was that <clears throat> if we can get industry, certain industries here, that we're able to take advantage of the recycling or some of the materials, I'm assuming that would be able to be recycled or that they would use, that would lower or, or make it more efficient uh, as far as trying to, because you have to haul a lot of this waste management off the island. Is that correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. So when, when you think about one thing, uh, w one of the solutions, it would be to create local markets for the materials that we create. Keep in mind that, that, that well, we're in the waste management business, 
that waste management business is really now in the manufacturing business. We take society's waste and, and we sort it, we segregate it, we process it, we clean it, and then we package it and sell it. So wow. we're, a, we're really a manufacturer. And, and I look at it almost as, as something called urban mining, right? Where, where you are actually taking a material from society and you're mining through that and removing the valuable materials. The way that we do that is, is really interesting, it's really intriguing, and, and it's evolving constantly. I look at this process and I go, boy, it's really evolving quite a bit, but you still need to have a place for all that material to go to. So if we're able to, to remove cardboard from the waste stream uh, and we package up that cardboard and now I've got uh, you know 10 truckloads of cardboard that, that I need to recycle, Where's that material going to go, right? right? So I have to right. sell. There has to be a market for it. To the extent that that market is local, then you're right. We save on transportation costs, and transportation costs result in not not just economic savings, but also environmental savings. Because for every mile that a, a, a truck goes down the road, there's an there, there's an environmental cost associated with that because of the air pollution that gets emitted from that truck. So less miles driven results in a substantial improvement in our air quality as well. That's terrific. And as you're also saying, and I'm thinking of the job creation, uh, the creation of jobs, I should say, that would, that would happen around a model like that. Yeah, there, there is no question. The, the, um, the, the environmental um, uh, processing, waste processing, recycling uh, does create a tremendous amount of jobs. And, and we've seen that. As I said earlier, uh, Winters Brothers on, on Long Island has really uh, grown both uh, organically as well as through acquisition. Uh, we, we've invested in um, recycling plants that results in uh, the need for more employees and a, and a really sound, solid uh, manufacturing base here on the island. Uh, but but you still need to, to kind of close that loop. And what I mean by that, Tom, is, is that uh, all that, that material has to go someplace. You know, it has to get back to the consumer. So it starts with, a, you know, the manufacturer make products and they place it on, on the shelves. You and I and all the other consumers buy that, that, that product. We take it home. We use it. And then we have some packaging material that, that has to be discarded. Um, and and if, if we can find a way to take that packaging product and bring it full circle to where a, a manufacturer uses it again and, and makes packaging products from recycled or makes uh, containers from recycled material. Then we're closing that loop and we're making it both environmentally sound as well as cost effective. This is very interesting. I got to tell you, this is uh, this is great stuff to talk about, and it is so important. And, and you know, you mentioned too about that we all, what we as individuals, we create uh, on a daily basis. But what you know, as as good stewards, the people that want to maybe help and do a better job from, like you're saying, instead of just pushing it to the curb, we were laughing before we, again, we got on about talking about what we see at the curb <laughs> and what gets put to the curb by uh, some of the, the residents of not just here, but all over the place. Um, but what, what can people do um, to be able to help this process also? Yeah. So I, I think there, there's, uh, and, and, and people helping is a big part of the solution, right? Because the, the root cause of the problem is that we're consumers. And uh, I, I, I think, the, 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 unfortunately, the biggest thing that Long Islanders produce is garbage, 
right? It's, it's our number one uh, export. It's, it's, our, it, it's something that there's just, because there's a lot of people and a lot of businesses, there's, there's a lot of trash. So if you were to look at what is something that, 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 that people can do, it's number one, be conscious of your consumer habits and, and try to look at, can you reduce the amount of waste that you're generating, either through buying from bulk, using reusable materials, uh, and, and then you focus on the, 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 the basic three R's, reduce, reuse, recycle. And I'd like to add one more of those R's, right, which is rethink. We really need to rethink how we're managing all of this waste because that, that's the key to the, 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 the future. So recycling is, is, is one of the, the, the simplest things we can do, but you also have to recycle right. Not everything can go in that recycling bin. But there are a lot of materials that can, and we need to make sure they're rinsed out and cleaned out so that we're not getting a bunch of trash at the recycling center. Instead, we're, we're creating good products that we can then, in fact, recycle. So reduce as much as you can, reuse whenever possible, Reci recycle as, as, as much as you can. Put that, 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 that container out of the curb uh, full of clean recyclables every week and, and that will go a long, long way. The other thing is, is, is when we're uh, buying products, we should start to look for products that are made from recycled material. And, and some of the bigger manufacturers are really starting to do a good job at this. Mm. They're including recycled content as part of their packaging materials. Uh, even, even large um, uh, soda manufacturers, Coke and Pepsi, have made commitments to use recycled content in their plastic bottles. That will go a long way to create the demand that we need to ensure that the recyclables that we get out of the recycling bin can in fact be, uh, be, have a home and, and, and there's a demand for the products that we're making. And part of that is, is education and then getting people, getting a buy-in to do exactly what you're saying because not everyone is, some people just don't care, I guess yeah. you could say, which well, makes it difficult. Yeah, well, well some people don't care. Uh, there, there, there's some people who are very passionate about it and then there's the, the majority which want people that want to do the right thing, but we still got to make it easy for them, you know. Right. Uh, I, I, I think, Tom, education is so critical. It is the... Uh, the, 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 the real rudimentary solution to, uh, to what we have to focus on. And, and, and I'm so encouraged uh, that the town of Babylon has this really great poster contest around Earth Day in, in which they get grade school children to uh, focus on the environment and, and create the posters. The creativity that these kids show and the, the, the care and the concern that they have for the environment is very evident. Uh, but those kinds of programs, I, I would even advocate that uh, having a educational component to uh, a, a school-based uh, program that's taught in either third or fourth grade is so critical so that we can uh, instill in our children the sense of how important the, the environment is and, importantly, what they can do to improve and enhance the quality of our environment. Right. And uh, we always talk about children being the leaders of tomorrow, but in this instance, they would be the leaders of today. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times when they lead with something, we all tend to follow. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, absolutely. So we talked a little bit as far as you said legislation and, and what's going on up in Albany, and you mentioned to me a possible 
tax that's being thrown around right now? Or right, there there is a uh, a garbage tax that that uh, is uh, the idea is being floated around, and and um, I, I am definitely not an advocate for that. I, I think that there is um, uh, plenty of money in Albany that that can be redirected for this, uh, but they're, they're they're talking about putting a tax on all the waste that that, that people produce. Uh, now that's going to have an impact on every municipality, every construction project, every single business, including small businesses, every in, in individual, and uh, it, it could be a very difficult tax on, sure, on people. Sure. Uh, we we just saw in Newsday uh, a a several part series talking about the squeeze on Long Island and how difficult it was because of the high cost of living on Long Island. Sure. And they said one of the biggest costs is the taxes that, that, that we have. The solution is not to add more taxes, right? The solution is to be smarter and, and really uh, create more of a tax base. And that's something that, that recycling can, can certainly do. So, sure. uh, but you know, and I, I also look at this, there, there are millions and millions of dollars that get shipped up to Albany every single week because we have this deposit bill on all of the containers that we buy. So water bottles, soda bottles, beer bottles that get purchased, there's a nickel deposit that gets placed on those. Right. Not all of those nickels get re redeemed. And as a result, the sheets that we call them, which is the, non, the, the nickels that are not redeemed, result in a huge amount of money. Over $100 million that gets sent up to Albany and kept in Albany goes right into the general revenue fund. Hmm. Instead, let's take that money and put that money to use to invest in more recycling, better education, and, and coming up with grant programs to focus on what can we do to improve and enhance the quality of the environment. The other part of that, you know, um, giving incentives, I think, too. Uh, like I said, education is a big part of it. And I think it's true. When people go shopping, they have their habits. And sometimes by having an education, you want that consumer to shop a little differently, maybe, and be more uh, eco-friendly. Right. Um, the cost of responsible waste management continues to rise. What are some of the, the residents' business can do to keep their costs down as stewards of the environment? What do you think? I know you talked about some of them businesses. Because, I, again, talking about that tax... I don't think it's going to produce less garbage, you know. Uh, yeah, it, it, it could even be a, a dangerous thing, right? Because, you know, what we see is if you take away the waste, inf waste management infrastructure, uh, that, that's not going to reduce any waste. If you make it more expensive, that's not going to reduce any more waste. But it could, in fact, lead to something which is very dangerous, and we've seen here on Long Island and we're seeing more and more cases of illegal dumping. Mm. And that's a very dangerous thing because, you know, Long Island does have a very fragile environment. We have a sole source aquifer that's underneath us that we, that we depend on for our water supply. Absolutely. And, and illegal dumping where, where, where people just haphazardly throw materials from the Pine Barrens or onto a service road of the Long Island Expressway uh, or even onto an empty lot can really cause some serious environmental problems. And, uh, and and we've been seeing more and more of that. So that's another area where, that I look at and I say, we really need to make sure that 
prosecutors, uh, uh, the, the, the regulators, the Department of Environmental Conservation, uh, police officers, and even members of the general public always have their eye open for illegal dumping and they report that because we can't have illegal dumping of any size taking sure. place on, on the island. But we are seeing more and more of that and as costs rise, there's a good possibility that we're going to see even more of that. So that, that's something that, that we really need to guard against in, in the future. That makes sense because, again, the impact that, that could, like you said, we get our drinking water from right underneath our feet, and uh, that could be huge, no doubt. And that's what I think people don't realize, too, that you wind up paying for it no matter what. <laughs> you know, So probably easy to do the right thing. You know, we talked a little bit earlier, too, about is there anybody doing it right? But you said you just think that there's a model here. And I think Long Island, again, like you, you, you brought out, is that it's a very unique situation. But is there anybody that you communicate with outside or, or in your industry that you feel is doing it right? Could even be another country. I don't know. I'm just... Yeah, we're constantly looking at best practices, not just here in the United States, but throughout the entire world. And and we, we bring some of those or import some of those technologies, uh, even importing them from other industries and applying them here. And let me give you a good example. Um, uh, one of the technologies that, that we use now at our recycling plant is a sorting technology. So when, when, when those recyclables come to our plant, they're subject to a number of different forces, everything from, uh, for, from, from physics, uh, and we sort them through, through different size using trommels. Uh, we, we are able to sort them by their properties. Ferrous metal, we can use a magnet. Aluminum, we can use an eddy current to segregate those materials. But more recently, we've applied optical sorting technology in which the, 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 the recyclables are, are passed through uh, a very bright light and then we measure the, the, the re refraction of the light coming off of that material and we can actually then pick off those, those different materials. Now Tom, these recyclables are moving faster than, than you and I can almost see them, wow. but the light can identify them so quickly and then through a puff of air we can recover different recyclables. So when it comes to recovering plastics, be it HDPE or high density polyethylene, PET which is polyethylene terephthalate which is your water bottles, um, those can be recycled at a very rapid rate using infrared technology. The waste industry didn't invent that technology, it really came out of the food industry, but we were able to apply it to us. So gotcha. we're constantly applying technology from all over the world. And, and, and it's very interesting when we go to conferences, we often see technology uh, that, that, that's being used in Europe. Uh, at the same time, Europeans are looking at our technology as well, especially when it comes to uh, cleaner engines and, and some of the uh, alternative use fuels that, that, that are capable of being generated. So this is an exciting time. If, if I was counseling somebody who's going into college, uh, a young high school student, uh, I, I would say a field in environmental protection is a field that you're going to enjoy. I, I know I enjoyed it for, for the 40 years that I've been in, in the business and it's evolved and it's going to continue to evolve and, and, and be really exciting for people. This is something we touch every day. Uh, this is amazing, you know, because like I said, you bring it to the curb and you say, I'm done with that, it goes, but it's amazing what happens on the other end. And thank God there's companies like yours that uh, take this as serious as you do and, and are protecting us without, uh, 
without us realizing it. Uh, again, we are here with uh, Senior Vice President Will Flower from Winter Brothers Recycling of Long Island. I'm sure many of you have seen uh, the trucks in the community, and uh, they play a big role here, uh, and they play a big role here in the town of Babylon and, and on Long Island. Will, is there anything, any parting thoughts, anything that you'd like to the, the, the listening audience would, that they can take away from today? Yeah, I, I think the, 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 the real success of any recycling system is how do you make all of the components work together? As I said, uh, recycling is not successful unless the manufacturers, the consumers, the regulators, the, uh, the, 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 the waste collectors, the waste processors uh, are all working together. Hmm. And, and that's what we need to, to make this happen. And, and when you get government and, and be them on the municipal side or the regulatory side, uh, you, you get uh, private sector companies working together, we can solve the problem. And, and there is no question in my mind that, that the problem is not insurmountable. It's just going to require a lot of hard work. But uh, I, I think this generation is up to it. Uh, I, I think there's opportunities on a go-forward basis to continue to get better. I look at the, the, the past 20 years of, of the evolution in, in, in the uh, waste management process, and I'm excited that, that there's going to continue to be faster and, and more evolution as, as we go forward. There, there'll never be a single solution. Instead, there'll be this holistic approach that we use, almost using, um, to use a metaphor, every tool in the toolbox right, to, to, right. to solve the problem. And that's what it's going to take. That's what it's going to take to keep Long Island clean and green. Gotcha. And uh, so there's hope. There's a lot of hope out there. Always. And, uh, it's great to hear that you feel that there's a solution to this. Um, because sometimes you read and you see things and it seems like it's, it's not going to be sustainable and, and you guys are at the forefront to make sure that that continues to happen. Uh, Will, I'd also like to give you an opportunity if there's a business listening or somebody who has an interest or feels that they you know, want to get reach out to you, uh, can you give us your contact information? Absolutely. Anytime you can reach out to Winters Brothers on the web, we're at www.winters. Make sure you put the S in Winters bros.com uh, or give us a call at uh, telephone number 631-491-4923 the number again 631-491-4923 and we have the absolute best customer service people because they, they they live and breathe managing solid waste and recyclables every day there's a, if, if you've got a problem we've got a solution that's awesome um and I tell you, you're, you're welcome back. And, you know, we, we again, before we came on and we started recording uh, some of the things that we had talked about, I'd love for you to come back and we can address some of the other things that Winter Brothers is doing also, uh, the School for Autism and, and things like that. Uh, it's just tremendous, uh, the presence that you have here and uh, the expansion and what you're doing. I want to also remind the listening audience that you can go to our show notes uh, and we'll have all of Will's uh, contact information and Winter Brothers' contact information, uh, so you can look there for that. 
But, uh, Will, I want to thank you so much for being here today and taking the time out of your busy schedule to uh, educate our listening audience, uh, to educate me as I sat here and uh, had this great opportunity. And I uh, want to thank you. Thank yeah. you so much for thanks, being Tom, here. Thanks, Tom, and thanks so much for the partnership. I, I tell you, if, I, if, if there was ever a, a, a textbook example of a great partnership that the uh, that, that the IDA has, has done to uh, create more jobs and, and create a important uh, and, and develop a very important industry. It's, it's the relationship that uh, the Babylon IDA has with, with Winters. We're happy to be here and we, we look forward to continuing that relationship, that's thank for you. sure. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening today. Uh, again, my name is Tom Dolan. You've been listening to Economically Speaking. Have a great day, everyone. This episode of Economically Speaking Podcast was brought to you by the Town of Babylon IDA. To find out more information about today's topic, our guest, or to simply stay connected, please visit the show notes where you'll find all the relevant links. 